Let me say this again. If you have a medical condition and cannot wear one and feel like you're going to pass out, then you can take yours off. I don't want nobody feeling like they're suffocating. Amen? Amen. Amen. We give God glory because we still honor God and we still love it on God in spite of. Amen? Father, we just thank you, we praise you, we adore you, we magnify your name on this day. We thank you, God, that you are here amongst us, God. We thank you, God, that you're El El Yon, you the most high God. We thank you, God, that you are God that shall not, that will not fail. God, we thank you, Father God, that every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us on today, God, we speak that is broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, God, that when the enemy come in like a flood, that the spirit of the living God would raise up a standard even against him, even on today. God, we thank you for unity. We thank you for togetherness, God, in such a time as this, God. We thank you, God, for ordering our steps. We thank you that we can hear your voice and a stranger's voice we shall not hear, nor shall we follow in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. For all of that, God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And God, we thank you that on today that we're washed in the blood. We thank you that the blood covers us, the blood protects us, the blood has already healed us, the blood has already delivered us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God is so awesome, y'all, because God does things far above what we can imagine. Mm -hmm. This is why we got to stay before him. This is why we got to hear him in these times such as these. And it's going to be more times coming. It's going to be more than what we're in now. This is why God always prepare us. God always get, gets us ready for the things for, yet, for what's yet to come. Some people take it lightly. Not all people. Some people are living their lives just like, you know, I'm okay. But you never know who you're going to come up upon. You never know what people have. I mean, it can be family. Now, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. It can be anybody. People don't know. So this is why we have to always be alert and we have to be watchful. And I'm going to say this again. You cannot put your trust so much in man that you forget that there is a God. Amen. God existed before man. And this is why I always say that God is not man. That he should lie, neither the son of man, that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not bring it to pass? God is just so, so good, y'all, and we have to follow him. We can't follow how we feel. We can't follow what people say. We have to follow what the word has already said. The word has already said it. The word has already done it. And if you're born again, you already have everything you need. You just need to know how to activate what you have. The problem is we church folks, we saints, do not know how to activate what we already have. When we look at, I don't know if y'all watched the show, Power Twins, and they had to come together, and they had to activate, and when they came together, and they activated, man, there was some power. So when we come together as the body of Christ, 
The enemy want the church to come against each other. He know a divided house will not stand. He want us to talk against one another instead of lifting one another up, instead of speaking what the word of God has already said concerning us. When a brother and sister fall, we lift that brother and sister up. Amen. Amen. So go with me because last Sunday I taught on something and I want to go back over it and add some more to it. I want you to go with me to Exodus, the 14th chapter. Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. And I thank God for the reading of his word because this is his word. I'm only his servant delivering his message. Amen. And I believe that your hearts, and I'm saying that your hearts are open and receptive to receive it this morning. Exodus chapter 14, verse, beginning at verse 10. Go to Genesis and then you go to Exodus. Amen. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. You may be seated. I want to talk about whom or what are you serving in your mind? Whom or what are you serving in your mind? Whether we realize it or not, we can have gods in our mind. Mm -hmm. We can have gods that we serve. To serve mean that we're in bondage to. That means that they have master over us. We enslave to. So when we go back and look at Egypt, the reason why I'm going back here is because when I said earlier, God prepares you for what was yet to come. God just don't let nothing come upon you. God always prepare you and let you know what's coming so you will be ready for what's yet to come. When we go back to Abraham, we know that Abraham, he had to leave his family. He had to leave everything that, you know, he trusted in, everything that he believed in. When he came in contact, when he began to develop a relationship with God, and God spoke to Abraham, and God took the words that, I mean, Abraham took the words that God spoke into heart. See, God's words have to be put in your heart. Because when they're put in your heart, that's when you can stand. It's not head knowledge, church. It's heart knowledge that matters. Sometimes we think we know, but when things pop up in our lives, we're running to everything except to the word of God. So Abraham, when God spoke to him and told him to leave basically all that he was familiar with, his family, his kindred, and he said, I will bless you. Abraham had to make a decision whether he was going to serve God with his whole heart or he was going to observe his family, his friends, or whomever it was. Abraham left. So we know the story of Abraham and how God blessed Abraham by Abraham being obedient unto God. See, we have to understand that we can know the word. 
or say we know the word. But until we're obedient to the word, we don't know the word. And if you're not obedient to the word, even though you have everything you need, you're not going to get the results from the word of God. So Abraham, God began to speak to Abraham. It's such a wonderful thing when you can hear God. Amen. It's such a wonderful thing that when God is speaking to you, you know for yourself, yes, Lord, your servant here. Yes, Lord, your servant will obey. See, we, like I said, you can hear him, but until you obey him, it's like you have not heard him. So Abraham, God began to speak to Abraham when he made a covenant with Abraham. And in Genesis 15, 13, this is what God told Abraham. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for 400 years. Can you imagine? God is coming to you and telling you what's going to happen and how long you're going to be in that place while it's happening. Come on, Abraham heard this from God. He let him know that this is what's going to take place. And remember, God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. God don't change his mind. I want everybody to understand this. Everything that's written in this Bible cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. He said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. God said, my word will not, shall not come back to me void. His word is not coming back to him empty, but it's going to go out and accomplish that which he pleased and it's going to prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do. So he told Abraham, this is what's going to happen. He let Abraham know. Abraham wasn't even here to see them going through naturally. But Abraham took God at his word. And this is where I'm going back to Exodus. Y'all know that the same word that God spoke, that word came to pass. But when God heard the cry of his people, Mm -hmm. when those 400 years was up, God began to say, okay, I'm going to get me a deliverer and I'm going to deliver them out of this bondage. I'm going to deliver them from this oppression. I'm going to deliver them from being slaves to Pharaoh, slaves to sin. God already had a plan in place. Come on, back up to Moses. God had to get Moses ready for what yet was to come dealing with, oh y'all. Y'all better hear me. See, God ain't forgotten about us. Even in the midst of this pandemic, God has been raising up people to continually speak the word. People to continually to encourage you when it don't look like things are going to be like they need to be. God always has somebody to speak to you and let you know these times will come. We will have trials. We will have tribulations. You will go through, but you're going to come out. Because I have already made a way of escape for you. See, when we know what God is saying, we don't pay attention to what's happening around us. So God let them know. So God sent Moses. But he had to prepare Moses before he sent Moses. We got too many people that saying something that God is saying, but they really haven't developed a relationship to be able to stand in the midst of what's going on. Some people right now are trembling. They're scared. Soon as somebody said, put on a mask, oh God, who is it? (laughs) Who's carrying that thing? (laughs) Who is it, Lord? 
This is what we do, Lord. Show it to me. Sure, surely they ain't allowed me to come up in this. That shows where you are. Because every day people go to work. Because you're working hard for your money. Every day you show up in grocery stores. Every day you show up where you want to go and do what you want to do. But the enemy don't want you to get what you really need. Life from the word of God. He wants you to stay out of the house of God. Because he knows when you get the word of God. It's going to build you up. It's going to keep you. It's going to be a moving and a shaking and going on around you. So when everybody else is down. You can still give God some praise. And even if you are still down, you can still give God some praise. Because you're saying, God, you ain't through with me yet. See, that's why you need the word of God. The word of God is the only thing that will keep you if you want to be kept. So he had to prepare Moses. And he prepared Moses. Moses was scared. And the reason why he was because he felt inadequate. Some of us in times like this, we feel inadequate. We feel like we can't go out and minister no more. We feel like we can't do this or we can't do that. Let me give you a nugget. It's not you that will be the one doing it. It's the spirit of the living God that's in you that's going to take charge through you to get the work done that needs to be done. So we see that Moses, he delivered them. But guess what? In the beginning... When it started, when Moses would speak the word of God. Come on, when you speak the word of God, all hell is going to break loose. When you begin to speak truth, things are going to occur in your house. They're going to occur on your job. They're going to occur wherever you go because you're speaking truth. Why? Because the devil wants God's people to be made ashamed of because we're representing the most high God. So the more Moses and Aaron began to speak the word of God, look what Pharaoh did. He made it harder for them. He began to afflict them even the more. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to change the word that God brought to the people. Remember, God brought the word to the people first. God told Moses to go to the elders. He told them to go to the ones that was head over the people. And when he went to the ones that was head over the people, they were excited. They began to believe God. Why? Because I don't believe that they did not know that word already. They had to hear that word before. They heard it before. But when he began to speak it again, it gave them hope against hope to believe that God is still God and God can still do what God says he's going to do. So at that moment, they were so happy. But then when Pharaoh began to afflict them, somebody say, afflict them. Afflict them. The Bible said there are many afflictions of the righteous. Mm -hmm. But God has delivered, look, has already delivered us out of them all. Not one. God knew that trouble's going to come. Affliction is going to come. Sickness is going to try to come. Lack is going to try to come. Come on, we're in a natural world, but we're spiritual beings. These things are going to come. But he said, I have delivered you out of them all. So when he called Moses to deliver them, Moses gave the word, him and Aaron. The devil began to cut up in front of them to make them think that God was alive. But God kept sending Moses back in with that very same word. Let me ask you a question. When you're going through, do you still speak the word of God? Are you speaking about what you're going through? Come on, let's talk about it. 
Some of us, when we go through, we talk about more of what we're going through, when it occurred, how it occurred, instead of talking about what God has already done. So Moses and them, they didn't give up, even though Moses knew they were being afflicted even the more. Even though Moses knew they were being oppressed even the more. Moses began to go to God about their affliction. He began to go to God about them being oppressed. He began to go to God about how the labor even became even harder for those people. Moses still looked to God outside of what he was seeing in the natural. God said we got to look to him outside of what we're seeing in the natural. He said because he wants us to live a life abundantly in him. He said, the life I give you is an abundant life. It supersedes natural life here on this earth. So Moses and them, they didn't give up. And guess what? They brought them out of Egypt. And this is where we are now. When they brought them out of Egypt, these people were happy. Come on, when you first got born again, you were so happy. You felt like, oh, everything is going to change. I'm not going to go through what I went through before, but I got something to tell you. This is really what you're going to go through. See, when you first get born again, you look like everything that can break is, is broken in front of you. You can walk on water. You speaking all of this stuff, but I'm telling you something, higher heights, deeper depth. Yeah. When you go from glory to glory to glory, you meet more demons as you go higher. This is why you got to stay in the word of God to fight the good fight of faith. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, powers, spirits of wickedness in high places, spirits of darkness. Right. We don't fight one another, but we fight the good fight of faith according to the word. So Moses, he was leading the people. The people were happy because they were saying, we're no longer slaves no more. We're no longer oppressed. We're no longer harassed. And guess what? God didn't take them out without having something. Mm -hmm. God turned the hearts of the Egyptians towards them and gave them what they needed for their journey. I'm here to tell you, God didn't just save us. God gave us everything that we need now that we're born again. Everything you need is in your spirit. That's why your spirit is sealed. It is vacuum packed. Anything that you need, you just call it up from your spirit. This is why you got to know what you have in Amen. times of trouble. So we see that when they were so happy, all of a sudden we just read that when they looked up and they saw the devil coming, which was Pharaoh. It said they were so afraid. That means that they were so afraid, fear began to hit them. See, this is what the enemy wants. He wants fear to hit us so we cannot operate in faith in the one that we believe. He wants us to be so fearful when things happen to us, our children, on our jobs, when things are happening in the church. He wants us to set our minds on fear instead of setting our minds on what God has already done. So they began to be so afraid. That means they were much afraid. But look what they began to say when they were afraid. See, this is where their minds were. Even though they come out of Egypt, even though we're born again, even though we have accepted Jesus, we said we accepted him with our whole hearts. When things begin to happen, you speaking from your heart and it's coming out of your mouth. Yep. It's coming through your lips. They begin to tell Moses, and I'm going to say this again. In verse 11, 
No, I'm going to go back to 10. This is what they began to say to Moses in verse 11. It is 11. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Come on, y'all. They speak in death. They should know God better than that. If God brought them out, do you think God is going to leave them in a state like that? Do we ever think about it, y'all? If God saved us, if God delivered us, if God gave us everything that we need, do you think God is going to let us die? No. But they told him, did we not say about the graves in Egypt? Talking about death. This is what they were talking. What do you talk when things begin to change in your life? Come on, I want you to know Daddy would always say, he would always tell us, you know, basically, if we're in this world, we're going to have things coming at us. We're going to have that, and those things are going to draw you or drive you. And most Christians are getting driven out of the church, yeah. the place that they need to be in, but they're staying on their jobs. Why? I can make it. I can make it. I need my money. That's a God in your mind that you serve. Because when we know God, we should know that God is going to take care of us in spite of. We go off, we'll jump off buildings to get what we want from man. But when it comes to God and God is giving you exactly what you need, that's the place that people stay away from. Why? Because the enemy be playing with people's minds. Your mind is your battlefield. The mind is the battleground. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Your mind, your body is following your mind. Whatever your mind do, that's what your body is going to do because you got to think about it first. So they began to talk about Egypt. They began to think about Egypt again. And then they had the audacity to say in verse 12, is, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Come on, you already dead and don't know it. You're not even living the life that you need to live. And you're talking about, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? Come on, some of us, when we get in situations, we'll say, well, I, I, I would have been better off if I had done what I was thinking before. I wouldn't be like I am right now. I wouldn't have been in all this pain if I had done what I thought I should have done before. See, you're going back to Egypt. You're going back to that place of bondage, but guess what? It was already in you. See, the enemy wake till you get weak. He wake till things begin to happen in your life, and then the stuff that you're holding in your heart is what you begin to say out of your mouth. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have listened to this one. I should have listened to that one. Guess what? You didn't. But even if you did and, and you're living without the word of God, something else is going to pop up. And you got to know how to handle what's getting ready to pop up in your life. But I'm telling you something. God always prepare. God always send people to let you know what's yet to come. Now there is false prophets out there. This is why you got to take the word of God for what it is and ask the Holy Spirit, say, illuminate that. Give me revelation on that. Allow me to see what you want me to see and not what they're saying because everybody's saying things that God ain't saying 
Everybody is speaking for things that God ain't speaking. See, the very thing they said is, is this not the word? How many know that faith come by hearing? And hearing come by the word of God. Whatever you spend your time hearing, that's what you're going to believe. This is why if you're not in a place where you need to be doing this pandemic, you know what they're saying about the pandemic. You don't need to be listening to the news. You need to be listening to the word and building your mind up in the word instead of building it up in the news. They're saying the same thing, but they're making it yet worse. But the word of God has already made a way for us over 2,000 years ago, y'all. The word has already done it. So we have to be in the word where life is. I was talking to my husband and I was telling him, when it don't, don't get me wrong. If you can watch the news without um, accepting everything that's on the news, then fine. But if your mindset is always talking about the news more than you're talking about the word or not counteracting with the word, you need to turn off the news. Because news is news. People get the news and what they do, they have news reporters. They send those reporters out to get the news. And what they want to do is they want to make sure their news is better than the other station news. So they come back and they say, uh-uh, it's more to that. It's more to what they're saying concerning this pandemic. I want you to dig a little bit deeper. I want you to come back with something different that nobody else is saying. They don't know if they're lying. They don't know if they're telling the truth. Only thing they know, they want to be the top news station. So they tell you, dig a little bit deeper. It's more yet to be told. Go talk to more people. Go talk to the ones that's going through with this pandemic. Go talk to the ones where it have attacked them. See what the symptoms are. Now go back to the scientists and see what they're saying. I want you to dig a little bit deeper. Yep. So the deeper they dig, the more they find out to put warnings on the news. But guess what, y'all? That's their job. That's their job. The weatherman, that's his job or her job to let us know about the weather, right? But it's our job, no matter how dig, they deep, um, dig, dig, we got to go deeper. Right here. We got to ask God, God, this is what they're saying about that. But what have you already said? How many dig deeper in the word instead, instead of digging deeper in what man is saying? Come on, let's just be honest. How many take the time and be still to hear what God has to say? Be still and know that I'm God. How many sit there and say, God, this is what they're reporting. But God, what are you saying? God, what have you already said about this? Because you knew when it was coming. You knew what was coming. So God, tell me what you want me to do in the midst of this. How many of us be still and dig deeper to hear God instead of calling man and asking them what else you need to do through them? It's too quiet in here. You're talking right. Because man trying to make it themselves. Everybody's trying to find a way of escape except the word of God. Everybody is trying to grab hold to something because people don't want to die. People are taking more vitamins. They're taking more teas. 
Do you think our God, El Elyon, the Most High God, would have left us here on earth like this without giving us what we need? That's not a good daddy. That's not a good father. See, the God that I serve, he's not going to leave me here in the midst of an evil, befallen world without giving me what I need. And that's what he did in Egypt. Even when he took them out of Egypt, he was a fire by night and he was a cloud by day. That means God said, no matter which way anything come, I'm here for you. He said, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake you. Did you not know that I'm God? Did you not know I am that I am? Did you not know that I can do what I said I'm going to do? Did you not know that I am God? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I will never ever leave you or forsake you. Be still and know that everywhere the soles of your feet shall tread. God said, I have already possessed that land. As soon as you enter in, he said, I got you covered. I got you protected because I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The only time we don't worry about something is when we don't hear about something. As soon as you hear about it, oh my goodness. Now you Back up now. Man, go on the phone. <laughs> That's what we do. We're watching a little bit closer now. Y'all, before they even mention this pandemic, y'all, don't act like you did. The ones that set up here in this ministry, God told you what was coming. And he told you the doctors won't be able to help you. God ain't changed his mind, people. He hasn't changed his mind. And I want you to know, shot or no shot, you still got to trust God. Everything expires except the word of God. You got to keep taking and keep taking and keep taking and keep taking and keep taking. So they say you can live. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. I did not say don't take the shot. If you choose to take it, let them bruise you up with it. But the thing is, at the end of the day, they got to come up with something else to counteract this right here. And you're going to hear again, we can't save you. Save yourself. Stay in your house. Don't come out. What you going to do then? What you going to do then? You got to understand, they have to do their job. The nurses and the doctors, they're out there on the front line, y'all. They're wearing masks every day. They're in the emergency rooms when people are coming in with the symptoms. Come on, think about the ones that's on the front line that have to give you a shot. They have to be there when people are coming in, don't know what to do, but they're on the job. Is anybody praying for them? Come on, think about it. This is why they got to be told truth. In spite of them having a shot, they still have to be told who God is. They got to be told, y'all, don't be fooled. 
Everything have an expiration date. You don't drink milk after the expiration date, do you? It's false. You got to throw it away and buy more milk. Cereal have an expiration date. The word of God never expires. It endures forever. That's why he said you're born again of incorruptible seed, not corruptible seed. Yes. The seed that endures and abides forever. But so many people's hearts are so hard towards the word of God because they're sitting up there waiting on something else so they can go to work and pay their bills and think they're living. But at the end of the day, when you down and out and ain't got no sick time, you ain't got no time, what you gonna do? Who you gonna trust? Who you gonna believe in? We still looking for help. But God will turn people's hearts towards you. Even in the midst when you don't have enough. God turns people towards you to help you while you're in the state that you're in. Why? Because he's still God and he loves you. There's no greater love than the love of God. That's why we have to, the Bible said, you don't make flesh your arm. You don't put trust in man. We put trust in God because God has already done what he said. Even before we accepted him, he laid down his life for us. That's love. So we have to go on what he's saying and we're not going to know what he's saying if we don't get into the word of God. So they begin to talk negative. And the reason why is because they come out of Egypt. But Egypt did not come out of them. See, this is why we as the people of God sometimes talk crazy. Because we still got stuff in us that is coming up out of us during these times. When you get frustrated, you talk crazy. I know sometimes I do. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that ain't right. Let me back up. I should have said that. That's wrong. But whatever is in you is going to come out of you. Whatever you've been thinking about the most, see the enemy want that seed planted because he know you can do some damage with your mouth. He know that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The enemy know if I can get you focused more on what's going on around you than the word of God, you're going to keep looking to what's going on around you. And that's when your heart becomes so hard, so callous, so insensitive to the things of God. And even though you have um, the power of God residing in you, that power ain't being moved. Because your focus is too much on what's going on around you. So after they begin to say all of this, listen at Proverbs 29, 25. The Bible says the fear of man brings a snare. That means it brings a trap. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever leans on, trust in, and put his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. Did y'all hear that? Amen. It says the fear of man brings a snare. How does man bring a fi uh, uh, fear? Through news. Through what people are saying. That traps you. Because if you listen to everything man says... And guess what? You're going to hear some negative stuff. 
But what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to counteract negative with life, with the word of God. If you're not counteracting it with the word of God, guess what? You're accepting what they're saying. And you're bringing that stuff to your house. It's riding your back, right back to your house. And you're in there telling your spouse and telling your, well, you know, they said this right here. I remember I'm reminded again through the Holy Spirit when that big storm came through here. Um, my son and my daughter, they were in the house with us. And um, Ariel kept asking me, she said, Mama, she said, they asked me, why did I leave college and come down here with y'all? And it's going to be worse down here. I said, well, you had a choice. You could have stayed up there, but you choose to come down here. Well, Mama, you think we all should leave? I said, I'm not going nowhere because God didn't tell me to. Then Jeremy would say, Mama, you know how high the wind's going to be? Yes, I do, Jeremy. And they picked on me. Tell me I was rationing food. I was using wisdom. Now that Jolly Green Giant wanted to eat up everything, and this is how I laid it down. And I said, listen here. You can have it. Mama, I can eat it. Yeah, but you're eating your kids' food, so go ahead. See, God give us wisdom in all things. He tells us what to do and how to do it and when to do it. And when we listen to him, we can go through a storm for many days with little because my God will make it much. Come on, somebody. Amen. But God got us through the storm. Why? Because when you hear God and God say, be still, don't move, I'm your protector. When you're hearing that, you say, God, I'd rather obey you than obey man. You didn't tell me to do anything but be still and see the salvation of the Lord. So that's why you need scripture at such a time as this. So they began to fear man. And it says, but whoever leans on, trust in, and put their confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. God puts us above whatever is coming. He sets us above whatever is coming. Why? Because we are seated with Christ because we are in Christ. When you are in Christ, you're where he is. But some of us don't know that. What we're doing, we're trying to make preparations here in the natural. And that's what we don't supposed to be doing. Now, don't get me wrong. You do prepare yourself when a storm is coming. You don't leave your door wide open, do you? No, that's common sense. You, you know when a storm is coming, you want to ask the Holy Spirit, how much light bread do I get? You don't buy the whole store out because you don't waste it, God's money. That's why you need to hear the Holy Spirit in all things. How much of this do I get? How much of this do I need? If I need it, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, show it to me. So he said, put no trust. We can't put trust in man because it will bring a snare. Now look at Isaiah 41.10. I love this verse of scripture. It tells us, fear not. There is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Now listen to what God was saying. This is the Amplified. He said, fear not. There is nothing to fear. Come on, why would God say there is nothing to fear? He said, because I am with you. The great I am. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, El El Yon, Jehovah Shema, the God that's there, he's there. Amen. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, the Bam, he's there. He says, so you shouldn't fear if you know I'm there. The problem is, we don't know he's here. See, we want um, God to come down from heaven. This is funny, y'all. Y'all know how we look up and we begin to pray, oh Lord. Oh, God. But the reason why you bow your head is because he's here. 
He's here. You don't have to look up there. He's right here. He's in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Lord, rent the heavens and come down. Scratch that. That was for them back then. See, God didn't take up residence in them then. See, you got to know who's speaking and why they said what they said. You still got people praying, rend the heavens, God, and come down. Ignorant going to see he's already here in you. The kingdom Amen. is in you. Amen. So we begging God to come here on earth. He's, he's just shaking his head. He's shaking his head. They ain't got him. Oh, Lord. Come by here, Lord. If you just come by here, Lord. Somebody's in the need of prayer. Come by here, oh Lord. Come, come by. Not come by. Come by here. Come by here. That's slave song. Oh Lord, come by here. Somebody needs you, Lord. Come by here. Oh Lord, come by. Here. That made you feel good because it ain't. See, songs that's in you, you get to moving your feet or your, or your hands because that's what you've been hearing all the time. But when you know he's already here, you say, God, I know you're here. So, God, I, I thank you for activating yourself now that you're here. Now that you're here, God, let miracles come forth. Let healings come forth. Let deliverance come forth because you're already here, God. And I thank you for being here. I thank you that because you're here, somebody will say, what must I do to be saved? God, I thank you that you're here right now. We got to know that he's here. Sometimes we're praying wrongly because we don't know what the word of God is saying, but we're just feeling good. But guess what? God will meet you where you are. But when you get taught the word of God, now you have knowledge and understanding of that. So God winks at ignorance, right? But when you get knowledge of it, when you get understanding, I'm awakening for you because you know better. So that's why I believe some people don't want to dig a little bit deeper because they got to be accountable for what they dig into. I was um, up this morning and it was way in the middle of the morning. My husband knew I was up like that, but I was getting some things from the Lord. It was something that I was watching. I tell you what, that TV will keep your eyes open, but God will take what you're seeing and let you see exactly who he is. There was this NFL player. Please don't ask me the name of it because I don't know. I just didn't catch it. He was an NFL player. He, he hurt his knee and he had to stay at home until his knee healed. And he was so down and out. And the reason why he was so down and out is because he put his faith in playing football. He put his faith in all the money he was getting from playing football. But now he was at a standstill and he felt like nobody. See, he was in pride. He didn't want to humble himself. And his wife said, she said, you know, you got a four-year degree in sports medicine. She said, it's not like you lost anything. You can go out and get you a job. He said, who am I? Who am I to go out and get a job? And I was making six figures to go into some sport medicine. That's just how confused he was in his mind. See, his mindset was more set on his money and what he had and how people looked at him when he played football and how people honored him because of the way he played football. But when he lost that um, you know, couldn't play football no more. See, he, he was serving that in his mind. He began to be down and out. So his wife said, just go apply for jobs. 
She said, now we got money in our savings, but we don't want to mess with the money in our savings because our children need to go to college. So we want to leave that there. But she said, I'll work and we could just, you know, do it that way. This man went out looking for a job, went into a recording studio, y'all, saw a sign that said for sale, dealing with this recording studio. And he bought the studio without telling his wife because he got a feeling. He felt like the feeling that he had was a good feeling. How many of y'all sometimes do things and it feel like a good feeling so you think it's God? So this man spent all of their savings, went back home, told his wife, I made an investment. It's going to help us. I'm going to be producing soundtracks. She said, how can you produce something you don't know nothing about? She said, you don't know nothing about music, so how can you do this? Oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it work. So the man he went into business with, he went back in there and the man said, now you got to change your look. See, he was like a father man. He, he was dressed like a father and, you know, like a husband. He said, you got to change your look. Come on, we're going to go shopping. He took him shopping and come back in the house with big chains around his neck with his pants laid up like this, one jogging pants laid up, one down, his sneakers on, his hat turned back, with his little jacket on, and now he got another walk. And his wife said, what is going on with you? I got to look the part. I got to look the part. Now, we're going to make it, but I got to look like I'm a producer. She left him alone. Her mother was a praying woman. And her mother was letting her know, you got to stand in prayer for him. She was telling her, his dad, he was a praying man. He was a deacon at the church. She said, we got to begin to pray for him because he don't see. And what he don't see, he don't know. So they began to pray for him, and the wife, she prayed, she prayed. It seemed like the more she prayed, the more he emptied out their bank account. Mm. Come on, that's what I'm telling you. The more you get into the word of God and the more the word get into you, the enemy got to use somebody to make you feel like that God ain't doing what his word says. So the next thing that began to happen, she looked at him one day, and he's, he's coming in drunk. He don't even sleep in the room with her no more. He don't pay attention to his children no more. So she told him, she said, look, in a calm voice, she said, this got to stop. She said, you don't went through our savings. She said, can't you see this is not working? He said, you know what, I'm tired of you. You don't want what I want. She said, I supported you when you made that decision. I was behind you. But now I'm seeing you going in the wrong direction. And then the next thing, he come in the next night drunk. So she looked at his phone. There go a woman calling him saying, when you coming over? So she took him the phone and she said, who is this? She said, who is this? Tell me the truth. Who is this? You can leave if this is what I think it is. He got up and left. He moved in the apartment with this, with this girl. This girl was calling his wife. This is the devil. Just like Hannah, when Hannah wanted to have children and she was barren and Panana began to harass her, began to oppress her because it was something she wanted that she couldn't have. This woman began to call his phone, her phone every day and say, I got your man. He's with me now. He don't want you no more. So don't even bother to call him. She would do it every day. And then she would get before her prayer partners and say, come on, pray with me. She's harassing me. She's calling me every day. But it was one prayer partner. This is why I say you better watch who you're going to prayer with. 
this one prayer part to say, look, we're going to beat her down. The other one will say, no, you, you're not in the right realm. But basically, this woman kept praying and praying and praying. Finally, this man emptied out his stuff and he come home one day with the girlfriend and the girlfriend, um, he said, look, can I have some gas money? She said, what you need gas money for? He said, I don't have no more money. I have to, no, he needed money to distribute flyers. She said, you telling me that you broke? You telling me you can't take care of me and now I'm pregnant? So he got her pregnant. And she called his wife to let her know she was pregnant. So she kicked him out. So he had to go stay with his daddy, the deacon. The daddy told him, he said, now it's time for you to be a man. You got to take care of your responsibilities. You got to ask your wife to forgive you because you're wrong. This man laid on the couch. He said, if you're going to stay here, you're getting up, you're going to church. He come out trying to despise his daddy, making his daddy look bad with dark glasses on, looking like a hip hop man. His daddy said, come on. So when he went to church, the minister began to preach on the very same thing that he was going through and got his attention. Let me tell y'all something. God know what he's doing in spite of what you do. Prayer will change things. The power of prayer will change your marriage if you want it to be changed. At the very moment when the wife said, I don't want to deal with him no more. I don't want to deal with him. Now he's got a baby. But then the mama come in. She said, do you remember Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. When Sarah told Abraham to sleep with Hagar, she did it. Here come Ishmael. And then Abraham had to put his own son out the house. But Sarah had to, was despising Hagar. But God had to change Sarah's heart, even though he had to leave. Your heart got to be changed. You got to love that child. That is not the child's fault. Come on, won't God do it? Yes, he will. Amen. The mama could have told her, I believe it wouldn't have nothing to do with the child, but she brought back the word. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that in spite of what's going on around us, we got to keep the word of God before us. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your finances, whatever it is, the word got to be kept before you so you can be kept by the word of God. So this man... He finally came to his senses because he started going to church. He started hearing the word of God. He started helping the children in the church. He got a job as working as uh, somebody in the school as a teacher and then coaching football. Then finally he showed up back at home with his wife. And he told his wife, he said, forgive me. I was wrong. She forgave him, but she said, I need time. This man told her, he said, I'm, I'm getting paid. He said, but I got to take care of this baby that I got by this other woman. And then I got to give you the rest. But she forgave him. What am I saying? It had to take the word. The word is what's going to keep us in these times. When things come to our house, we got to know how to handle what's coming. The only way it can be handled the right way is the word. We don't look at stuff in the natural like it's not before us. Now you can't deny what's happening in front of you. But you can say, this is not what God said. I see it. I feel it. But this ain't what God said. See, we got to quit trying to fake it to make it, y'all. We got to quit trying to quote scriptures to get something to happen. 
We quote scriptures based on what we know has already happened. You got to quit praising God to try to get God to do something. You praise God because you know what God has already done. So when you know what he's already done, you getting up and you giving him glory because you're saying, God, in spite of what's attacking me, in spite of what's attacking my marriage, my children, my job, God, I'm going to give you glory. God, I'm not getting up and moving around to get you to heal me. I'm getting up moving around because I know I'm already healed outside of what my body is saying. God, I'm getting up and I'm doing it because I know in you I live and you I move and you I have my being. You said this, God. I'm going off of you and what you've done and you're not a liar. Amen. How many of us do that? Amen. Come on, let's be honest. See, the problem is we still begging God for something that God has already done. See, it's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church not only to wake up, but to rise up in your authority. And if you're married, what happens in the homes of marriage folks, you're going to have either the wife coming against each other. Because if the wife is standing on the word of God, the devil's going to hit the husband and say, but you know what the news is saying. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be vice versa. Somebody got to take a stand in what they believe. And the only way you can take the stand is the word got to be rooted on the inside of you. So we see what happens when your mindset is on things on this earth. They begin to speak what they believed. You remember when Moses sent out the spies? It was only two that come back with a good report. When they saw the giants in the land, they said we look like grasshoppers before them. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as not defeating those giants. But see, Caleb and Joshua went on what God said. They didn't deny that there was big giants in that land. But they knew that God would fight their battle. So look at um, Moses. After they said what they said. Listen what Moses said in verse 13. I'm giving you the word of the Lord now. I gave you the word of the people. This is people talking. They were talking about Egypt. They were talking about death. And we're hearing that today. But this is what Moses began to say in Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. See, he had to counteract the fear that they were having. That means don't be afraid. Stand still means station oneself and see the salvation of the Lord. He said of the Lord. He wasn't basing it upon them. That's why he said fear not. Stand still. He was letting them know, take your position. Take your station of who you are in him. And you shall see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Come on, that's just like Satan. Beelzebub. Jesus defeated him. The victory was already won. And now that we're in Christ, he don't have no authority over us. The only authority he has is what we give him. That's why God said, fear not. Stand still. See what I have already given you. Take hold to what I have already given you. Then Moses began.
begin to say something else to them in verse 14. The Lord shall fight for you. 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 Who's going to fight for you? Not you. The Lord is going to fight for you. He said, and ye shall hold your peace. What is he saying? Hush, be quiet. Keep death out of your mouth. Speak life. See, our problem is we don't know how to be quiet. We speak in death upon people. When people tell you they're going through in their body, they begin to tell you their symptoms. Oh, Lord, you got that stuff. Don't come to mind. They say if you got all this, you got this. See, that's death. But even though they're telling you what they're going through, you're supposed to be speaking life. I understand your body is going through you. I understand you racked in pain. But God said, by Jesus Christ, you are already healed. Healing is the children's bread. He sent his word. He has healed you and delivered you from your destruction. He said, none of these diseases and plagues shall come upon you like they come upon the Egyptians. Why? Because I redeemed you from the curse of the law. You no longer up under a curse because I hung on that cross and I defeated every curse, every sickness, every disease, every plague. It was placed upon me so it cannot be put upon you, not lest you allow it. And even if it try to come upon you, you got to speak to that thing and you got to say, leave me right now in the name of Jesus. But what do we do? I got too much living to do. I ain't even got all my Christmas shopping done. Let me just make it through Christmas, Lord. Let me just make it to give out these presents. I don't spend too much money, Lord. You sounded like the Egyptians. You sounded like there's no God. Because you're going on how you feel. Instead of going on what God has already said. So he said, hold your peace. Listen at what Proverbs 17, 28 says. Y'all check this one out. Expand the Bible. Even fools <laughs> seems to be wise if they keep quiet. <laughs> Even fools seems to be wise if they keep quiet. If they don't speak, keep their lips shut, they appear to understand. Ain't that something? So that's why he said, hold your peace. We speak death on ourselves. And Romans, I'm going to go to, now we talked about what was going on and what they were speaking. Now I want to tell you what we need to be doing. Amen. And this has already been spoken here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry so many times. But we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis. This verse, verse of scripture, it always sticks with me. And I put my name in it. Amanda, pay attention to my word. Amanda, incline your ear unto my sayings. Amanda, don't let them depart from thine eyes. Amanda, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Amanda, for they are life unto you that find them. And Amanda, they're health to all your flesh. I quote that because I got to remind myself to pay attention to his words. To incline my ear to his sayings. Let them not depart from mine eyes. 
I got to keep them in the midst of my heart. And if I'm paying attention, if my focus is on the word, it's going to go in my heart. But then I got to begin to guard my heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. So now the word is in my heart. So I want to make sure I don't let nothing come and try to take what's in my heart. But when it take root, it ain't going to be easy just to uproot it out of my heart. This is why the enemy, he come and take the word before you understand it because he don't want it to get in your heart. This is why wisdom is the principal thing. But in all you're getting, he says, get understanding. So God said, pay attention, church, to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings, because everything else has an expiration date. Y'all, medications have an expiration date. This will expire. Come on, money have one too. Didn't y'all know that? Money runs out. Some people think money don't run out. Look in the drive through corn shortage. If you don't have the right amount of money, they want you to use a card. Come on, everything runs out except what he said. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. But he said, my word shall stand, it shall remain. This is why the enemy does not want us to have the word of God, the word of life. He knows it's going to remain. He knows it's going to stand forever. So we have to make sure we're constantly speaking the word, speaking it not to get something done, but speaking it because we know what's done. If all of us will speak the same thing in the atmosphere, the atmosphere will begin to change. Yeah. COVID-19 don't have a place because if we're speaking the same thing, it got to die. Amen. They can't have trace of it no more. Why? Because we're speaking against it. We're not speaking for it. Do you know that COVID-19 now, you have people speaking for, you have speaking, people speaking against. Come on, it's like you're voting. It's like Republicans and Democrats, it's a vote. With this pandemic, it's a vote. With the shots, it's a vote. People now are asking you, are you fully vaccinated? Yes, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. They love you because you're fully vaccinated. But they don't know what you're vaccinated with. Yo, that's what you got to do. You wear signs, say you're fully vaccinated. They love you. They'll let you sneeze all over. Ignore, don't see. Because they say they're fully vaccinated. Y'all, we're in a time that the only thing that can save you eternally And we as Christians better get in it. Because if anything happened to any of us, it ain't God's fault. Because he gave us what we need. We cannot blame God. God prepared us before anything would come. It's up to us to get into the word to be prepared for what is yet to come. It's right here in the word of God. The scripture that says, Romans 8 verse 6. Y'all listen at this. For to be currently minded is death. Currently minded is of the five senses. When you go on how you feel all the time, you're currently minded. That's death. You actually bring in death on yourself. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you are spiritually minded, this is what's happening. Go with me to Colossians 1. 
And then we're going to go from verse 1 to verse 3. And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 3. Therefore, since you was raised from the dead, raised with Christ, did you know when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you died with him, but you rose with him. When he rose, you rose. And it says, aim at, aspire to, seek after, focus on what is in heaven, the things above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now listen at verse 2. Think only about, set your minds on, fix your thoughts on the things in heaven above, not the things on the earth. For your old sinful self has died and your new life is kept hidden with Christ in God. So God is telling us what we have to do while we're here on earth, y'all. We have to set our mind, keep it set on things above and not on things of this earth. Because that's being carnally minded. We're not carnally minded. We are spiritually minded. We're supposed to be spiritually minded people. That being when things go on, I look into the mirror, the spiritual mirror, which is the word of God. And I don't forget what I'm seeing in the word of God. I keep focused on the word of God. Even though it's happening naturally, I say, yes, it's happening naturally, but that's not where I focus. I focus on what's in heaven and I bring it down here to the earth. You can't deny what's going on around you, but you don't have to accept it because you know who you are. You go on the spirit. You don't go on the flesh. It's too many people living according to the flesh. When you live according to the flesh, it is death. The things that you set your mind on naturally is bringing you death. It's not bringing you life. Come on, you feel free because you feel like I did this. I did what they said, so now I'm protected. The enemy is setting people up, y'all. Nobody sees it. He's setting you up. Even though, let me tell you, even though you got shots, you better be spiritually minded with them. Because the enemy is setting you up to depend on them so much that guess what? Even with a shot, you a carrier. You carry it to other people. Without a shot, you still carry it. Duh, let the light come on. But people say, now I'm going to witness shot, even though I may carry it, I ain't down like everybody else. But you should care one for another enough, whether you have it or not, to put on your mask when you're talking to people. Because even before this pandemic came, you didn't know who you was around. You didn't know who was in your face. You didn't know what they had until after they told you, man, I felt kind of funny. What? How do you feel? How, what, what kind of funny you feel? Mm. Well, I just can't describe it. Oh, you okay? As SpongeBob say, an hour later. <laughs> that was before the pandemic. People were going out in their houses before the pandemic with flu. Going to work, coming to church, sweating, sweating and telling everybody it was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Blowing their nose, coughing on them. Husband and wife in the same bed coughing and, and keep right on going. 
Didn't pay it no attention. What you don't pay attention to don't attract itself to you. What you pay attention to, it comes upon you. Where the mind is, the body will follow. So that's why we have to have the word of God regardless. Regardless, y'all, you have to have the word of God. And I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Because people right now say, you telling me that that shot ain't doing me no good. You telling me I that shot, I'm going to die. I tell you, no such lie. I'm saying, regardless of what you do, this is the only word that will last. Amen. And it is the word of God. And God wants us to take this three times a day. Amen. If we take this three times a day not to get something, but take it because we know it's bringing life to us, guess what our body is doing? Our body is getting into alignment. Do you know why our bodies are so um, like they are? One minute, they're feeling this way. The next minute, they're feeling this way because we're confusing our body. One minute you're saying, by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. The next minute you're saying, oh, body, we ain't going to make it. Then the next minute you say, by Jesus Christ, you're healed. Then you say, oh, body, I don't think we're really going to make it. Then the next minute you're saying, by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Then you say, body, lay yourself down. You're confusing your body. See, if you, just like you drinking a, a Pepsi and you drink it all the time and then you take it away from your body, what is your body doing? It feels like it can't make it. It feels like you got to have a sip of that Pepsi because it's having trembles, it's having headaches. But as soon as you give it that Pepsi, you're like, all right, now, nah, I'm good. Well, I know you like Pepsi, so I can't take that away from you because you have withdrawals. But if you take that Pepsi away from that body, even though that body is cutting up, you let it cut up. You let it act out. You say, you're not going to have dominion over me. I got dominion over you. Pepsi ain't good for you no more. So we're not going to drink Pepsi. We're going to drink water. Did y'all see that water going down? I did. Words have power. So the more you feed your body what it don't want, it get used to not having it. See, you don't have to go on a strict diet to lose weight. You just pull back from the table quit eating so much. Y'all didn't know? Just pull back. Instead of eating a whole sandwich, eat a half a sandwich say, I'm not going to give you two sandwiches. Right, Jeremy? I'm just going to give you a half one. <laughs> See, my jolly green giant, he's the one that I'll eat half of something. And I said, Jeremy, I've been to Honey Baked Ham. I got you another half of the sandwich. He ate half, I ate half. He said, Mama, ain't enough. <laughs> Boy, but that'll help you. I don't have to throw it out here. So that's what we do. My kids always get on me, they say, Mama, why you always mess up food? I don't mess up food. I just know how much to eat of it. I don't eat it just because it's sitting there. I don't let food dominate me. Because I know what I can eat and what I cannot eat, so I back off of it. Y'all didn't know? So this is what I'm saying. You got to get your body under subjection. The only way you do it is take away from it what it wants. And you can do it through the word of God. A carnally minded person is death. A spiritually minded person is life and peace. Y'all, I want to be spiritually minded. And the only way I can do that, and y'all know this scripture, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, this age. Fashion after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed 
by the entire renewing of your mind by his new ideas and his new attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. That's the only way you can do it. It's through the word of God. Y'all, things are going to come. Things are going to come and try to attack us. But when we know who we are, now that we're in Christ, we can rise up. Amen. And then it's another scripture that says, in Romans, this is Romans chapter 8. It says, the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus, have made me free Amen. from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? Sin and death has no more dominion over me. I have the spirit of life residing on the inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has quickened my mortal body. So that means that the life that's in my spirit, when I connect it with the medicine from the word of God, it goes through my body and my body receives what my spirit already has for me. Amen. You have everything you need in your spirit to live here on the earth, but you cannot get it out of your spirit if your mind is renewed according to the word of God. You cannot be a windshield wiper. You can't just be quoting scripture hoping that it happens. You have to know what has already happened and receive it unto yourself. Regardless of how I feel, your word don't change. This is what your word says. This is what I have to believe. That's what we have to do. Stand on the promises of God. So our warfare is in our minds. So I'm going to ask you again, whom or what are you serving in your mind? And you will find out when things begin to come to your house. And you begin to hear things. Whatever is coming up is going to begin to come out. Y'all, God keep warning us, warning us, and warning us. And I can tell you this. Quit trying to get what you need off of somebody else. It's time for you to rise up and get this word for yourself. Amen. It's time for you to search the scriptures for yourself because the people that you're pending on is not going to always be around you. They're not going to always be accessible to you. But once that word gets rooted and grounded in you, I'm telling you, there is some peace in the midst of the storm. So don't think that the enemy is not going to come after you. Because he will. But we got to raise up, rise up, because the spirit of the Lord is upon us. He's given us everything we need to fight the good fight of faith. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. God is so, so good, God. He's so, so wonderful. And we just honor him all today. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Um, Sister Nisha, you got some announcements? Glory, do you have some announcements?